Now here's a highlight from Coast to Coast AM on iHeartRadio. Karen, how did you get involved with the Ouija board? How did that start for you? You know, it started so many years ago, um, back in 1973. It goes way back, as you know, George. Um, it's just, you know, it was brought to me by some friends down the street, and they said, hey, this really works, and we started using it. And we started speaking to one of their deceased sisters who died shortly after birth, and it just took off from there, George. And, you know, at a young age, you're pretty impressionable, but I just was like, this thing really works. And so I, I ended up getting one from Santa Claus that same year. And who who knew? Who knew that I would still be using the board to this day? I mean, Oh, my God. Turning it into an avocation, for crying out loud. It's, an, it's definitely an avocation. It's a passion of mine. And I, it, the reason why, George, is, it's, <clears throat> excuse me, it's not because it's about talking to the deceased. It's not because it's about it's, it's something supernatural. You know what it's about? It's because it allows me to show me, it's like my permission to reach into the unseen dimensions. It allows me to feel like that's the way or my, my excuse or vessel to be able to tap into other realms. And so for that reason, I think it's phenomenal as a tool. It's only a tool. It doesn't do the work. I do all the work myself. And in fact, George, these days, the board is like secondary to what I'm doing personally. I'm doing a lot of readings off the board, um, getting insights and communicating with spirits and the guides without the board, too. And you and I have talked about this before, but it's because I that was my segue. I'll say that that way, my opening, my segue mm-hmm. into doing this work. And be, being able to understand there's so much more out there than meets the eye. And I want to say one more thing to what we were talking about earlier about what's going on in the world. This is really an opportunity for all of us because we're pushed, we're forced to go within, um, to separate from people, wear masks, stay home, all these things. What it really asks you to do is start looking to yourself for answers. And I got to say, one of the best things that's come out of all of this. It's a horrible situation, but if I can find that that little bit of, like, spark or light within it, I would say it's asking us to go within for answers that nobody out there is going to save us, nobody out there has all the answers, and that we really, truly can find that within ourselves with truth. And that's what's happening. And And the board itself has helped me develop that, to be able to realize I'm not just using the board, I'm using myself to reach these dimensions and find answers. The same kind of thing, same correlation. Have you ever had a bad experience with the board? No, I haven't, George. And the reason why is because of my intentions, my beliefs. Okay, the board, again, is neutral. It is just a piece of cardboard, a a wooden board. Some people make them out of glass or metal. It, it, It has nothing to do with anything other than it becomes a talisman. A, a, a theatrical piece, <laughs> if you will, the, 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 the theater to show us um, that we're doing something. The truth is, it just becomes an excuse, a way, a vessel, a means to reach and, and to learn to tap into other levels of consciousness. That's all, that's all it is. It's, it's just a tool. So, no, nothing has ever negative happened to me for that reason, because I really have approached it from the angle of, I just want to understand consciousness. I just want to understand what else is out there, and can I tap into that? And, and, and for that reason, I'm going to always only tap into that, which I desire, which I intend. So your beliefs and intentions mean a lot. People say, oh, it's always your intentions. I say, 
Yes, your intentions will reach that which you want to reach, but it's your belief. Now, do I believe in something negative coming through? See, I don't, George. The, 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 the problem is some people do believe, and so therefore they tap into some kind of energy. And often what I find is the projection of their own fears that mirrors back. Does it drive you nuts that when you and I chat about it, you know how opposed I am to the Ouija board? Absolutely not, because I, I just want to think about the beauty of humanity. We all have differing opinions. And if we listen, if we could just accept that and not become divisive or fight over it, that, that just allows us to, you know, have our own freedoms to express who we are. And that's what I really appreciate about you, George, because I know how you are. I know what you tell me. And, and you know what? You accept me for who I am. And that's the beauty of We're a good example of how the world should really be, Right. Well, you remember my story, and I'll tell it to some folks who might not have remembered it or heard it, about my Ouija board experience. Uh, dabbled with it a little bit as a, as a kid, but not much. But when I was doing my local Nighthawk show in St. Louis, in a studio that was pristine, Karen, I mean, nothing ever went wrong with it. Technically, it was clean. Everything worked. And I had a Ouija board in the studio, and I was going to do a segment on Ouija boards. And this was long before I met you. And... All of a sudden, in a studio that was always technically perfect, everything is going wrong. We, you know, we would play our commercials on little cart machines, almost like tape machines, where you'd push a button and the, a little commercial would run on a piece of tape. That thing jammed up. The board where I would hit buttons to go on and off, the lights started going off. Everything went wrong in that studio. So during a commercial that I was able to get on, I told my producer, Howard Morton, I said, Howard, get this board out of here. Just take it away. Get it out of here. And he took it, and I don't know what he did with it at the time. So after the show, and then, by the way, after he took the board out, everything went back on. The lights went on. The machines were working. It was uh, miraculous. And after the show was done, I went, gosh, that was weird. Those boards are strange. What did you do with it? He said, well, I gave it to Daryl to keep. Daryl was our news guy, and he took it home with him. The next day, he got let go from the station. For no real reason, it was just a budgetary cut, and, uh, he, and he was out. And I ran into him about two weeks later at a restaurant, and I said, Daryl, how you doing? He said, George, not well. And I said, what do you mean? He said, i got to be honest with you. From the moment Howard gave me the Ouija board, my life has gone down the tubes. I got fired from my job. My girlfriend left me. Nothing's going right. I said, Daryl, do me a favor. Get rid of the board. He said, I just did this morning. He said, I, I cracked it up and I threw it in the garbage. And I said, watch your life change. Ran into him about a month later. Had a new job. Had a new girlfriend. Life is good for him. And he's out there doing something now in St. Louis here. And, uh, but that's, that, that was my Ouija board story. I've never come across evil with it or anything like that because I had never spent that kind of time with it. But it was the weirdest thing that's ever happened to me. How do you explain that? <laughs> you know, George, you and I have spoken about this before. The funniest thing about that story, well, it's very interesting, number one, but the funniest thing about it is why do we attribute so much of the, our own empowerment to a piece of of wood. It was the because only the thing I could reference that was going on at the time. You know, the yeah, studio know. was all screwed up. The board gets taken out. The studio goes back up online. <laughs> 
Poor Daryl. Daryl was fine. He gets the Ouija board. His life falls apart. He gets rid of the Ouija board. He comes back up again. I mean, it's the only logical conclusion. Well, it's not logical. It's actually just trying to associate something and project it upon this event, which is what humans try to do. We try to make sense of anything and connect the dots. I mean, let's look at this. Not, not, I'm going to say logical because this is you did. Let's look at this illogical. Let's just look at it from another standpoint. We give our power over to a piece of board or compressed particle. I mean, this is, think about this. Daryl actually ended up in a better situation, and maybe his life was supposed to change and shift, and maybe he actually contributed to that shift. Had nothing to do with the board. Just the board was was just like a peripheral circumstantial item peripheral again uh, you know ancillary to the whole situation we tend to, people always this is what george will do they go oh my god i my, my i drove my car day i got i had a flat tire and then i got was late to work oh i had a board in my attic it's got to be the Ouija board you see what i'm saying mm-hmm. this is just no logical connection really we've got to look at we are so much more empowered. That's what I'm trying to tell you about the board. The board does nothing. Well, is it possible, then, if the individual believes the board will be a portal to evil spirits, then that will, that will happen. But if the individual doesn't believe it, it'll never happen. Is that possible? Well, this is what I want to say about that. When people believe more negatively to the board... Most likely they're not going to use it. But if they do use it, they're going to draw more negative influences to them. And they're going to project more of the negative thoughts upon their experiences. So if you have a board in your possession and you're, like, negative about it and you're thinking, oh, this board is evil and it could cause bad things, I don't know why you would have it around you anyway. But let's say you did, and all of a sudden you have the first bad thing go wrong in your life. Um, the next day you have it in your possession, like maybe, let's say, you lost your job, you're going to go, Oh my God! It's that board. Well, what, it, what could it not be that the influences of the universe are saying you need to lose your job to get something better in your life? And sometimes things have to fall apart before they be build up again. You, George, this is what's going on in the world right now. Things have to be fall apart to see what's going on before we can rebuild it again. And that's what's happening. Everything's like falling apart, right? And we got to rebuild it. Now, do you think a Ouija board's involved with this? No. Well, I don't know. Well, let me ask you this. Uh, you know a lot of people who have Ouija boards, right? I do. I has do. Has anything negative happened to any of them, in your well, opinion? The people that I hang out with and that collect boards, especially from the Talking Board Circle Society, and these people, George, I have like 55 boards. That's nothing. These people have hundreds, if not a thousand boards. That go way back, nothing. don't they? Oh, way Dated back. Dated ones. We're talking... Yeah. 18, 18, uh, 1890. Okay, uh, these people have never had an issue with any of their boards and never had anything bad happen to them. Every single one of them that collect these boards. So it's like, yeah, we can't, we, when we want to blame the boards because we don't want to look at ourselves as saying, maybe we contributed to this. Maybe things are supposed to fall apart. Maybe the universe had different plans for us. Maybe God had different plans for us. Maybe the source wisdom has different plans for us. We've got to look at it that way and not say, Oh, I'm going to blame this piece of cardboard for what happened in my life. We've really got to be more realistic about this. Who they came out with the board first? Parker Brothers? No. M- Milton, way back. M- M- Milton Bradley? Well, it's one of those no. game companies. George, way back. We're talking Charles Kennard. 
Charles Kinner developed the very first Ouija board in 1890, 91. He had the patent. What did and he do? What, what did he make it for? Well, this, what was his this reason? This is very interesting. This is very interesting. They saw a business opportunity in the mid eight, like 1880s, mid 1880s, 18, yeah, mid 1880, 1860, we'll say 18, 1880s, somewhere in that, that time frame. There was a big craze that was happening. People were starting to write letters down and numbers down on cutting boards, on tables, and we're starting to use apparatus that points to letters and numbers to start to, you know, to divine. Basically, it was out of the spiritualist movement, and this group of business people, men and one women, decided, hey, here's a business opportunity. Why not ride this wave and create our own type of tool? And what they came up with was what we now call the Ouija board. Now, this Ouija board came out in 1890, 91, had received his patent, and it changed many hands over the years. But probably the most famous company that created and crafted and manufactured board was the William Fold Company. And they they had this board for many, many years, and it was finally sold to Parker Brothers. And Parker Brothers sold it to Hasbro. Hasbro now holds the patent and trademark. But i got to tell you, this has been going on for many, many, many years. I mean, what's the oldest board you own? My oldest board is circa eighteen ninety two ninety three. Wow, what's that? What's that worth? Oh, um, close to a thousand dollars. Jeez. I have, I have friends who are collectors, and I just interviewed somebody on my show the other day, and his board is from eighteen ninety before the Ouija board was even named. It was a board that was created um, as a prototype. Well, didn't they call board. it the talking board or something like that? Very good, George. Okay, so you guys, i got to tell everybody this. So a talking board is kind of the umbrella term for anything called spirit board, talking board, or Ouija board. Now, Ouija board is only called Ouija board because it is a patented trademark name. Therefore, you can call it Ouija board. But, but technically, you could say all boards that have numbers and letters on are called talking boards. There was an old comedy TV show, and some guy went up to some of the, uh, some, one of these uh, people in the show and went... Do you Ouija? <laughs> and they freaked out. What's the planchette? What moves the planchette? The thing that everybody touches. Okay, so there's different viewpoints on that, and I, I love this because um, you're going to get a whole variety of answers. Uh, the main one is this: it's idiomotor, which means it's basically your muscle movements controlled by your brain. The fine muscle movement motors of, of your hands can move, make it move, and it's kind of an unconscious movement like automatism or hypnosis. But you've got two people's moving it, so it, wouldn't there be a conflict? One's well, trying to move my, it. That's my take, George. See, I personally, I believe there's an outside influence, and I'm tapping into that level of consciousness, and it's actually pulling it around. I, I agree with you. So I don't. I, I'm I'm okay with the, the whole theory of its its idiomotor because I do believe I talk to my higher self at times, and therefore I must be moving if it's my higher self, right? But it's an unconscious movement. But I'm also of the theater or the camp that says it's an outside source. And when I use the board and the planchette, my fingers are resting on it very lightly. I usually have one finger on it, George, and my partner might have two fingers on it. And what happens is it just pulls. Uh, we just follow the movement, and it starts spelling. That's how it works for me. And it, but it's been over a, a period of uh, 47 and a half years of using this tool that it's worked that way for me. And, and there's, what, a little piece of felt under it, which makes it smooth when it moves around? 
Well, I'll tell you what, George. Um, different planchets require different things. What I've found over the years is some of the – I have a, some planchets that are pretty old. Some of my planchets are like, you know, 47, 50, 67 years old. I will put little felt pads under them because it makes them smooth and it's smooth and glide a little easier. But you don't necessarily need that. I mean, you can use like a double old fashion, a Pyrex fish, a stone, a CD, an old CD with a hole in the middle. You can use a whole lot of different things as your planchette. And as long as they, they have an ability to slide easily, it makes it a lot easier for them to pull. Now, some people say they move on their own. I've never witnessed that myself. If, if that happens to anybody here, please let me know. Write to me and send me a video of that because I've never seen it. But um, I feel like it's a combination of our own energy on this planchette indicator uh, device that actually helps it move through the, also the energies that are coming into play. So just, you know, there's, there's different camps and different ways of believing about it, but whatever the belief is, something's happening here, and it's working, and it's moving, and we're getting messages. Listen to more Coast to Coast AM every weeknight at 1 a.m. Eastern, and go to coasttocoastam.com for more.